the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise it. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray as being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. We're sharing a powerful message with you that I truly hope is being a blessing to you. It's called Transformation and Manifestation. God wants transformations and manifestations to happen in all of our lives. Transformations and manifestations that have caused those of us who are His to become more godly people who live more blessed life and godly lives too. It's a promise that's written all throughout God's Word. That's why it's so important, brothers and sisters, that we learn God's Word so that we can learn about and respond properly to what God's Word says about all the transformations and manifestations that God wants to do in the lives of me and you. And so we can experience those transformations and manifestations that He wants to happen in the lives of me and you. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Transformation and Manifestation. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. Verse 2, it says, And walk in love as Christ also have loved us and have given himself for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. See, if we live our lives like Christ did, then our lives will be a sweet-smelling Savior to God, just like Christ's life was. Our life will be a sweet-smelling savor unto, unto God, just like Christ was. Something that all of us should really want is that our life be a sweet-smelling savor unto God. Now, the word sweet-smelling savor means a, pleasant, a pleasing aroma. It's a pleasing aroma. So, if we live our lives like Christ did, then our lives will be a pleasant aroma. It'll be a pleasing aroma to God, just like Christ's life was. That's because a lifestyle that's ordered and shaped using Jesus as the plumb line, as the mold, as the model, as the measuring stick, is a pleasant aroma to God. It's a sweet-smelling savor to God. Sweet smells make people smile. Walk past somebody with some stank sweet on, praise God, a nice aroma. Stank sweet is cologne, you know, perfume, oud day toilet, you know, stuff like that. Walk by somebody, somebody walk past you with a, with some nice cologne on you, like, it'll make you smile. You'll be like, all right now. Now, everybody don't have it on. But sweet smells make people smile. So when we live our lives using Jesus as the plumb line or the measuring, line, measuring stick of our lives, it makes God smile. Imagine God smiling right now, looking down and seeing you and smiling. Not just because you're saved, but because you're living it the way he wants you to. Imagine that. Does anybody here want their life to cause God to smile? Then he told us what to do. Then live it like Jesus lived it. 
and then he'll smile like he's supposed to. Use Jesus' life as a plumb line of how to live your life, and you'll live a life that makes him smile. Well, just like sweet smells make people smile, funky smells make people frown. Funk, by definition, is an undesirable odor. It's an undesirable odor. And since we already seen that the life that's lived is what brings the aroma, I said since we already figured out that the life that's lived is what brings the aroma, then a funky life lived will cause a funky aroma. And just like good smells make us smile, Funk make you frown. Now, which would you rather have? The life to make God smile? Or the, my, the, the life to make God frown? <laughs> I, I love the Lord. Because you got some funky people. I mean, excuse me. We can live our lives funkily. How's that? We can live our lives in a funky way. But you know, you want, I'm going to talk, I'm going to tell the truth. This truth right here, this real talk. You ready for real talk? The funky person don't know they funky. It's everybody around them. The, funk, the funky person, the one that's just living in the middle of the funk, they don't know. Especially when it's P-funk. I said P funk. I said P funk. Uncut P funk. <laughs> Are you listening to me? How be all the other? Is everybody listening? Person walk through that life, man. You be wanting to tear the roof off the sucker. Tear the roof off the sucker. <laughs> You be ready to tear the roof off the socket. You be ready to do what you can do to ventilate the place. Does anybody hear me up here? And the Lord wants us to defunkify our lives. Sometimes funk can come from hidden places. Especially when some of us who go to church regularly. Some of us is like them little kids that take a bath every night, but they only wash like their arms. They don't get down in them creases and crevices where funk forms multiplies and strengthens itself so it can become super funk. <laughs> y'all, let me leave this side of the room. Y'all, y'all don't even want to act right. Let me go preach on this side. Praise God. That's like a lot of people, they come up in church and be playing. They watch these easy spots. I'm through now. Pastor, I'm finished now. But you done left all kind of funk on you in them creases and crevices of your life. See, God wants to transform you. He wants to get stuff that you don't even know is there. Because once again, the funky people don't really know they're funky because they've come accustomed to the funk. 
the funk is the new normal. While everybody else is like holding their breath when they're around you. Can't be regular around you. How God going to send you out to draw people to him with all that funk on us? We trying to tell them about the good news. <laughs> and they think only good news is when you finish <laughs> and walk away. How are we going to draw people unto God when they don't even want to get near us? Hallelujah. Be not deceived, brethren. That's funk. Sometimes we don't even know nothing about. Sometimes we be like, you know, they won't promote me. It's because of funk that you don't know about. I can't seem to find nobody. Don't nobody want to get near you? Because you got this funky attitude, funky way about yourself. You live a solitary life. And then when people get near you, they find out why. They be thinking you're wise to stay alone. But Lord, I just want somebody. God said, well, you need a transformation. Because some of us, if somebody did come around, we run them away as soon as they get there. That's why God said, I, need, I want you to have a sweet smelling savior. Jesus had one. He said, be imitators of him. Jesus had one. So just like sweet smells make people smile, funky smells make people frown. So whenever we choose to live a life, that's any lifestyle other than the lifestyle that that uses Jesus as the plumb line and the measuring rod. It's a life that can cause frowns. Now you might say, well, what kind of life did Jesus live that was considered a sweet smell and savor to cock? Well, I'm glad you asked. First of all, Jesus lived a life the way God wanted it lived. Doing it in, doing in and with his life what God wanted him to do. I said doing in and with his life what God wanted him to do. And doing anything that his father wanted done the way his father wanted done. That should be the goal of each and every one of our lives. Is to be able to live the life like he do. So that then the father can respond to me and you like he's responded to Jesus too. Turn to Matthew chapter 6. Thank you Lord Jesus for your magnificent word. Jesus lived a life that was a sweet smell and savor to God. Hundredfold back into your life young lady. He lived a life that was a sweet smell and savor unto God. We want to do the same thing too. Now, remember, God love you regardless. Amen. Funk and all, he love you regardless. Well, now we ain't talking about that, though. We're talking about something that pleases him. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And, and, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We all should want our lives to be such a sweet smell and savor to God that it causes him to be able to speak well of us publicly. He spoke well of God publicly. He said, this is a, somebody that makes, that makes me smile. I could just see him smiling as Jesus being baptized like he wanted him to. That's why he sent the Holy Ghost as confirmation that you're doing what I want you to do. Because remember, 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 when he was being baptized, it was, he was entering into the priesthood at that time. He was being baptized, by, which is washed and cleansed by another priest, so that then he can then be able to enter into the ministry. That's why I always laugh. I don't really laugh. I stopped laughing a long time ago. 
when I heard people talking about, well, see, Jesus hadn't done a single miracle yet, and God said he was pleased. Come on, stay theologically correct, please. First of all, he couldn't do a miracle because he wasn't in the ministry yet. He hadn't even entered the ministry yet. It's not till after this that he entered the ministry. So, duh, I guess he wouldn't be able to be able to do it because he didn't because he didn't do it yet. Praise God, he wasn't qualified to do it yet. You couldn't even go into the priesthood until you're thirty something years old. Praise God, when he reached the age that he was supposed to, that's why he came down and told John the Baptist that he said, "I need you to, you know, to baptize me." He already recognized he was sinless. That's why he said, "Man, I need to be baptized by you." He said, "No man suffered to be so now." Because it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Or another way of phrasing it, it causes everything that God wants done that causes things to be right to be done. One of the things that needed to be done is that a priest needed to be baptized by another priest, cleansed by a priest before he enters into the priesthood. And he had to be done by him. That's why he was the forerunner of him. He had to do that for him. But the problem is, is people are not theologically sound, but they're still making sounds and saying stuff that's not true. Does that make sense up in here? Shatterabosa. It wasn't until after, one, you know, in, 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 in the priesthood, after the person is cleansed, after they're cleansed, after they're clothed, then they pour on the oil on it. That's when the Spirit of the Lord descended on him as of a dove because he was already cleansed, he was already clothed, and now the oil is being poured upon him. Now he can then be able to go out and do the work that he was called to do because right after that, the Spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil or to take it on. What he had done, though, People say he didn't do nothing. Yes, he did. He lived his entire life sinless and did what God told him to do. He did everything necessary to be able to live his life exactly the way God wanted him to live his life in every area and every facet. He walked in love just like he wants us to walk in love too. He loved the father enough to live his life the way his father told him to do according to the scriptures and the precepts that he had already given him to do. He did that. Praise God. And he says, now I want you to walk in love just like I do. He loved me enough to do it. Do you love me enough to do it? Praise God. He did, praise God. And he loved the people enough, too, to be able to make sure he stayed an eligible person, qualified to be able to do the work that it is he was supposed to do. And he did that, too. So he did it. There was something to do. And we should do the same thing, too. And that is live a life the way God wants us to do so we can then be saying, I'm, he's well pleased with me and you. That word well pleased means to think well of. That is to approve. But to prove my point is to approve and act which means that this word right here, approve, is only used when it's talking about an action, which means there was something he did that he approved of. And what Jesus did was live a life that the Father approved of up to that date. He had lived a life that he approved of up to that date. And that's what we want to do. We want to live a life that approves him up to date. Now, we might not have did it before. Everybody say, you can, don't cry for spilled milk. Don't cry for spilled milk. We didn't do it before, but we could do it now. All we got to do is just listen to what he said and do what he said and make that necessary adjustment. Do, listen to what he said, do what he said. I love that because he went to the guttermost to be able to make us the most and cause us to be the people that he calls us to be. He doesn't choose all the people that's, that, that's doing this thing right. He chooses people that's doing this thing wrong and say, I want to use you as a display of how I can be able to have everybody do everything right. But all I need you to do is follow me, listen to me, and just do what I say do. And that's what he did do. See, we should pray that we have the same mindset that Jesus had to be able to live this thing out like Jesus did too. And that's to do what the Father wants the way the Father wants to do. John chapter 8, and then we probably through for today, that is. John chapter 8. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your magnificent word. Anybody getting anything out the word? Praise God. John chapter 8. Let's look at the mindset Jesus had that inspired him to live the kind of life that was a sweet smell and savor unto God. 
the mindset that he had. We get the chance to look in his mind. Whoop, 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 whoop. That's the sound when you look in people's minds. Praise God. So we get a chance to look in his mind. Whoop, 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 and be able to see what's in his mind. So we can see what kind of mindset we want to have too. As we move forward doing this thing. To live a life that's a sweet smile and save unto God too. John chapter 8. Jesus testified about it. Go and testify Jesus. John chapter 8. Begin reading at verse 28. Start, turn, starts black turn red. Says, then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the son of man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things that please him. I do always those things that please him. Don't lie in church. I wonder how many Christians sit around thinking, I want to always do the things that please my father. So I said, don't lie in church. I want people, to, because see, a lot of us, we're quick to say it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's me. Always? I do always? Did you say that when you cussed that person out the other day? Did you say that when you rolled your eyes at that person the other day? Did you say that when you came in late to work? Did you say that then? Hallelujah. Did you say that when you didn't give your tithe the other day? Praise God. Did you say that? Shonda, we want to always do those things that please God. Always. That word always right there means every win. When? Every win. That is at all times. Every win. When? At all. That is at all times. Every win. See, Jesus always wanted to do what pleased the Father. That's why I said I only do the things he taught me. Only thing, you mean Jesus was taught? Say what? He was taught too? Yeah, that's why he said be imitator to him because he took the time to be taught. That's why you would see him in the temple studying the word, asking questions of the, of the, of the seniors there, of the leaders that was there. Praise God. And he was learning. He was learning. Praise God. Just like y'all doing right now. Praise God. Sitting here learning. That's what, you know, by faith learning praise God and as we learn we listen we learn and as we learn we then allow the turn to occur in our life we make the adjustment right there in our life that's what I used to do I used to come to service and I used to just sit and listen and I listen and I listen and all of a sudden ping there it is that's the one he's talking to me about right there and then I make that adjustment I wouldn't worry about all that other stuff he said. Praise God. Even all of it was good. I wouldn't worry about all that. I just heard that one thing that the Lord, that's what he was talking to me about right there. That one right there. That's the one I need to adjust. That one that caused me to stop and be like, hmm. I wouldn't always say it out loud. In fact, at the beginning, I would cuss when I would hear it. Praise God. I was, I was still neutral. I hadn't learned to stop cussing yet. But I would cuss when I heard it. I'd be like, bleep, the bleep. Did y'all hear what that man said? And then they would look at me like, y'all. I said, what the bleep de bleep do looking at? That man, that man is, is preaching like a bleep. I'm, this is blessing the bleep out of me, praise God. And it really was. It was blessing all the bleep out of me because I was full of bleep. Is anybody hear me up here? But he was getting the bleep out of me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we should all pray to God that he give us the heart, the mind to be just like Jesus. 
that he give us a heart and a mind to be just like Jesus. We should ask him to transform us into a person who always wants to do the will of the Father and always wants to please our Father. Now that seems so ordinary and simple to you. But if the truth is anywhere near, I ain't going to throw out percentages, but if I was to throw out a percentage, it's only around 1-2% of the body of Christ that's interested in doing this, of doing what God said do. Most of the body of Christ ain't interested in that. We're just trying to fit in a few things in order to make things better for ourselves. And we could not care less whether or not we're pleasing our Father. That ain't even on our mind at any time. But it was on Jesus' mind all the time. So we should ask him, Lord, transform us into a person who always wants to do the will, that which pleases you. When we pray, you know those times we pray other than when we're praying over our food. We should say something like, or maybe even add it in when you're praying for your food. That way you know you'll get to it. Praise God. It happens. I I recommit my life to the Lord in relationship to as a servant of God every time I sit down to eat a meal. Don't I do it, baby? Don't I do it? Whenever I pray. Praise God. I pray for the food. Praise God. Hallelujah. I thank the Lord for providing us this day our daily bread as you said you would so faithfully. And then I say, and I pledge faithfulness unto you. I re-pledge my faithfulness unto him every single time I sit down for a meal. I re-pledge myself back to him. I want him to know, Lord, I'm with you. I'm running with you. I'm going to roll this thing like you. I pledge my faithfulness unto you. I re-pledge myself back to God every time. I don't have to, but I do. Ain't nothing I need to do. something I want to do. I want him to know I'm with you, Lord. I'm going to be faithful to you. See, a lot of us, we're just with God. I want to be faithful to God. I pledge my faithfulness to you. And we should learn to pray this too. We should pray, Lord, you don't have to say it. I'm just saying this is what we should say. Lord, we pray, we want Jesus' heart. That's what we want. Lord, I want Jesus' heart. Lord, give me his heart. I want Jesus' mind. Lord, give me Jesus' mind. I want, the, I want this mind to be in me that was in Christ Jesus. And we know that's in scripture. That's what the word says. But I don't want it just in scripture. I want it engraved into my heart and in my mind. I want his mind. Lord, we want a heart to want to always do the things that pleases you. We want you to get us there. Because we know if we get a heart to do so and a mind to do so, we're going to do so. We know if we get a heart to do so and a mind to do so, we're going to do so. Because otherwise, we'll just say we'll do it. Never do it. We'll say amen. But we'll never be the woman and man that lives it out like we're supposed to. So we want to pray that. Lord, make us more like Jesus. Help us to be more like you. We know there's a transformation that's needed. And we're willing to submit to that transformation and do what you want us to do. We're willing to let go of what you're trying to tell us to let go of. And we're willing to receive what you're trying to tell us to receive. Because we want to be like you. Make me like you. Make me more like you. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the Word of God had to say. Hope that you're seeing more clearly the transformation and manifestation that God wants to happen in the lives of me and you. Transformations and manifestations that will cause us to live richer, fuller, more godly lives. Hope even more that you're becoming inspired to cooperate with what God wants to do so that He can cause the transformation and manifestations that He desires for me and you to come to pass in the lives of me and you. Saints of God, Our God is a God of transformation and manifestation. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, 
Just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio surrounding areas, come on by and check us out. Word of Faith Christian Center is located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. I guarantee you that you'll be blessed when you do. And speaking of coming through, I've got something for all of our senior saints in San Antonio and surrounding areas to do. I invite all of you to an exciting fellowship that's held at Word of Faith just for you. It's called Age of Grace. Age of Grace is a monthly mature adult fellowship for saints ages 55 through 155 from all over San Antonio and surrounding areas that meet the third Saturday of every month from 9.30 a.m. till around 12 noon where our Silver Saints, our Golden Gang, and our Platinum Pack get together for food and fun and fellowship, periodic inexpensive outings and day trips, and of course, the Word of God. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. If you need a ride, VIP transportation services is available for this too. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'd be glad to come and get you. So if you've been blessed by God to reach the age of grace, that's age 55 through 155, and you're up for hanging out with some other saints your age who love God, love the Word of God, and still love having fun and fellowshipping too, then Age of Grace Fellowship at Word of Faith is the perfect fellowship for you. So come on through and bring some other word-loving, fun-loving saints who are in the age of grace with you too. You'll be so glad you did, and they will too. And don't forget, if you're 156 years or older, just call me up. I'll get you in. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 